Welcome to this first ever Future Friday. I'm very excited to be doing these because we're going to be looking at emerging technology. And since we live here in Hockey Lane in North Dakota, Minnesota, we're going to bring on special guests such as we have today, Bill Inman. I'm going to introduce him in a moment. But talking about really where's the puck going to be? Where is it going? We all know that's what made Wayne Gretzky so successful. And so, uh, Bill, first off, thanks so much for joining us. I want to give um, our audience an idea of who you are. And we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence today. But Bill, serial entrepreneur, he's always involved in emerging technology companies. Uh, last month, I can't wait to hear about this, he sold a blockchain human capital company that he co-founded named Talenting to uh, job.com. Currently the CEO of Singularity Studio, a decentralized AI company focusing on intelligent virtual assistants. Hopefully I can rent one of those from you soon. Um, he's also the Los Angeles leader of BitAngels Blockchain Investor Network, co-founder in Blue Streak, a company that advises and provides services to young AI companies, advises multiple gig economy companies, and as both an entrepreneur and entrepreneur, founded companies that have grown to tens of millions in revenue, one reaching over $3 billion. That's why he's our first guest here on Future Friday. We plan on doing more of these. So, Bill, thanks so much for joining us. Can you hear me, though? Hey, Chris, thank you. Yeah, I'm here. Can you see me? Okay, Chris. <laughs> I can see you great, my friend. So I want to, let's just start. Right, I, I want to go to this job.com uh, acquisition sale that you made with the blockchain. Tell us what the blockchain is, what the company was about, what happened. Yeah, Chris, well, first, let me start off by saying thank you so much for having me on today. I really appreciate it. I feel like there's so many, so many advancements and such an abundant future with technology. It's great to be here with you today to talk about some of them. So uh, job.com, um, they acquired a company I was a co-founder in, Talenting. We had both blockchain and AI technology focused on helping people find jobs faster and stay employed. That was really the focus of that technology. We're, we're very excited to be partnered with Aaron Stewart, the founder and CEO at, uh, at job.com. And some of the, the innovative things we have planned there, and I know it's not uh, the focus of this whole segment, we could have a whole segment on this, were to uh, leverage blockchain and AI to help have an immutable career record that could easily be transferred from one company to the next, whether it's from a staffing company to an HR department or whether it's from the, directly from the worker right to the HR department and ultimately ending up in a career score that resembles a FICO type score so that people could find a job like that. You know, in today's gig economy, as they're calling it, where people are not working in a job for 40 years like our parents or grandparents did, it's a really fast paced environment. So I was really thrilled to co-found Talenting, have it be acquired by job.com. And I'm looking forward to them using the blockchain and AI to really push that whole process forward and help people uh, stay at work and, and get back to work. So I think everyone's got sort of a different depth and perception of what blockchain is and whatnot. So if you don't mind, maybe talk to me like I'm a five-year-old here and just how, what is blockchain exactly? And how did you apply it to the hiring uh, or to this, software as far as job.coms is concerned. <clears throat> yeah. Well, uh, the, the key is explaining it like a five-year-old. I mean, most people equate blockchain when they hear it with Bitcoin and they think that's it. And, and, and Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, that is certainly a use of blockchain. It allows for the kind of the extraction of intermediaries from a process, whether it be a bank or a lawyer or things like that. But to put it in simple five-year-old terms, 
Blockchain is a perpetual record, a record that goes on forever of any transaction. So if you take a dollar, for example, in, in the crypto environment, just to kind of use that analogy, you could follow that transaction using a dollar analogy from the use of the dry cleaner to the car wash, to an investment, to a car payment. So it's an immutable record of a transaction. And that's a game changer, uh, just the immutable record part, but also the ability to eliminate intermediaries, to have peer-to-peer -peer transactions with money. Um, there's also things called NFTs. Maybe we'll get into that at a later date where you can actually put value on art that's digital. But in, in layman's terms, the simplest term, an immutable record of a transaction that's digitally stored, that gives power back to the people to control their money without intermediaries Man, and other things. Yes, and thank goodness for that because we need more of the decentralization. So let's talk about AI as a whole. We're going to get into some things uh, about you know AI with China and the U.S. the national security yeah. threats. But what I guess what I want to get at with you initially is is what does AI mean for the person watching today? Number one, and then number two, if you can sort of tie in just the ethics around it, like you watch Social Dilemma on Netflix, and I think many people are concerned that you know Facebook and these places have got such great AI and such robust computer systems that it becomes so addictive, especially for younger kids, that many people would say, hey, that that's a problem that they're using their own data essentially against them to keep them addicted to these software platforms. There's a couple of seminal discussions in that. There's centralized versus decentralized, but I'm going to focus on AI to start. So a lot of people equate AI with WALL-E, the movie WALL-E, or Terminator, right? Those are the kind of visions of AI that they know, or maybe even the Matrix. Um, but AI is definitely making huge impacts on the business world and obviously in our daily lives. Obviously, you mentioned social media. The big tech companies use AI to their advantage. Um, they process massive amounts of data at gigantic server farms located around the world to leverage that data to sell stuff to us. Now, you mentioned in, in the intro that I work with Singularity Studio. I'm, I'm the CEO there now, and we're very focused on what's called decentralized enterprise AI. I'm going to keep it in simple terms here. Even I need it most of the time. <laughs> I work with a very well-known AI scientist named Dr. Ben Gertzel. He created the AI behind a humanoid robot. We'll probably talk about that a little bit later on. But his philosophy is we literally need to raise AI as we would raise a child. We need to raise it in a benevolent way. The way that AI is being raised right now, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about this to tell you the phases of AI and keep it simple. The way AI is being raised right now is for things like marketing, or maybe even in warfare to some degree, drone flight and things of that nature. And not necessarily all the, all the time in the most scaled way for the good of humanity. So we really need to, to train AI to work with us and for us and not against us. Because to some degree, and um, obviously in, in social media and things that we talked about is being used to store our profiles and service up data and some of you may have seen lately, you know, AI is being used for really deep fakes too with that Tom Cruise video that was on some social media. So it's going to be really important for us as individuals to understand the change that's going on with AI and leverage it in our lives and, and determine what's fake and what's not. If, you, if I may, Chris, I want to I go into a little bit about AI, where we're at in a, in a macro level and keep it simple. Is that okay? Please, please. Okay. So there are various phases of, of AI. Right now, we're in what's called artificial narrow intelligence. And that's when AI is used to be the best at any one human task, whether it be computer vision, recognizing faces or how people walk, or whether it being used to analyze COVID data, even better than doctors. And AI is being used in concert with robotics, even to perform things like surgery. 
and do some really interesting things there. Artificial narrow intelligence, a very narrow use. The next phase of AI is what's called artificial general intelligence. And Dr. Gertzel, who I mentioned, who I work with, he's known as the father of, of artificial general intelligence or AGI. He coined the term and made it popular. Um, artificial general intelligence is when AI is smarter than the most smart person in any field in the world in any industry. Uh, AGI is just the best doctor. It's the best lawyer. It, it's the best scientist and can outperform any human. And a lot of us are worried about the fact that, well, that'll take some jobs, right? We're seeing things that like Tesla, where AI is being used, uh, uh, obviously, to take all the massive amounts of autonomous driving data. And, and they're, they're creating a truck, right? A semi-truck now to outperform humans. And obviously, it won't sleep. So artificial general intelligence is a really kind of important phase that uh, we're not in yet, but we're getting to. And then Singularity has been mentioned as a company name here. It's also a, it's also a philosophy and, and, and it stands for the singularity when AI is smarter than every human being in the world at the same time. When you reach that point, you reach the singularity. Ray Kurzweil, a, a scientist and futurist, uh, popularized, popularized that term and all bets are off. Uh, it, that's at the point where the AI can basically farm out every 10 seconds, 10 Nobel Prize winning ideas. So those phases are important to remember we could be 20, 30 years from AGI. Uh, we could, it could be even farther, but we really need to understand that AI is being used in our society around us to, to help us, you know, from a marketing, not to help us, and sometimes it hurt us from a marketing perspective and otherwise. So where are we from the singularity? I mean, are we a hundred years from that? I mean, what you just mentioned that, where, where do you think we are from that? Well, I work with, I'm fortunate enough in my industry, and this is one of the reasons I love it, Chris, is I just want to stay on top of this change, not only for me, but for my for my daughter and for her children, and I want to understand it. So um, they have a lot of opinions on that. You know, Ray, uh, it, it's been said that it could be as fast as the next 20 years when we reach the singularity and reach artificial general intelligence before the end of this decade. So you can imagine by the time we get to 2030, and I want to give you some numbers here on business, by the time we get to 2030, uh, AI could be the smartest doctor in the world. Certainly could be the smartest semi-truck driver in the world because it, it doesn't sleep. It, it just needs electricity and so forth. So we could be decades away from the singularity. Uh, it could be more complex than that. But uh, most people believe that within the next 50 years, we'll, we'll reach that point. And um, artificial general intelligence much sooner than that, Chris, within a decade or, or 15 years or so. All right, I want to play this video because you've mentioned a few times here about how you know artificial robots are going to come into play. So this is something, Bill, that you sent me. If you maybe want to set this up, just you know, I've got a position where she asked him, I think, about his blood pressure, and then there's a little bit of an exchange between. Okay. Yeah. Two. So, so what is our audience going to be seeing here? Well, for for the person that hasn't seen this before, they might get freaked out. But again, this falls under the category of raising AI to help people. And this is a humanoid robot named Grace. So I'm, I'm proud and excited to be part of a project that is building the AI behind this robot. We're in partnership with Hanson Robotics at a company called Awakening Health. And the prototype for this robot is coming, is gonna be released within the next 30 days. So you're looking at Grace. Grace's function is to work in elderly care, who obviously in the environment of COVID, more touchless is, is safer. As we move forward, we expect that there could be additional pandemics. So this touchless kind of interaction is important. And as we all know, um, you know, elderly, they're not as adapted to technology as Generation Alpha, right? Born after 2010, they just get it. Super geniuses with it out of the womb. So this is meant to be a more approachable AI 
that interacts with elderly, not only from a mental standpoint to have a conversation, to understand how they're doing, but also from a physical standpoint, you'll see in this demo that. So there is a sensor in her chest that has a camera. Obviously you'd think that it's in the eyes, but it's right there in the, it's right there in the chest. That also includes a thermal sensor. And you're gonna see a demo of the Grace robot with a demo person uh, really performing interaction and therapy uh, as an example here for elderly care. All right, let's check this out. I'll tell more about that later for now. How is your blood pressure today? I think okay. Okay, I'll relay that to your healthcare provider. Is there anything you want me to tell your healthcare provider? Tell them to charge me less money. <laughs> There's Got it. So from here, we can then do a variety of things like a guided meditation, talk therapy, play games with you, or I can help with correspondence with your family. That'll okay, be, why nice. don't we do a little exercise for a minute? Lift your arms up like this. Move them like this. So for example, Bill, if that was in an elderly care home, obviously that's fantastic where you've got somebody there trying to work with them, keep the blood flow and exercise. Is that part of what's going on here? Absolutely. That's the simplest of exercise. You saw the up down motion there. Um, but you heard a lot of things, right? Uh, one of the first things you heard in that demo was that she was accessing the health record of the patient. So she's in real time understanding exactly who that person is and relaying the proper information, not only to the patient, but right back to the doctor. So the this is what you said. Well, that's an exciting part that I kind of get a little bit emotional about because I feel like we have we're not we're not extracting the the wonderful stories from all of our elderly like we should be and and she would and she can communicate through her to a family but also just record get get what is your memory tell me about you tell me about your favorite story your favorite thing what happened in your life and record those things for families for future generations for wow. grandkids great grandkids that's such a tremendous use case and unfortunately in society in this particular use case for this technology you know elderly don't always have people to interact with and this gives them that opportunity. Now, understand, I understand for everybody that's watching, it's not a human, wasn't meant to replace a human. Uh, it's meant to basically be there to support the entire healthcare process in this case. So how soon do you see Grace actually getting out into the marketplace and making a difference in uh, elderly people's lives? Yeah, um, uh, Grace is actually the product. This, this is a prototype you're seeing yeah. here. It's out of the Hansen Robotics Lab in Hong Kong. And um, they're releasing the prototype uh, to in the next month. So we'll be commercializing this this year. There already are people lining up to to buy to buy Grace. It's an expensive robot. So you'd couple it with other virtual type of uh, solutions where it'd be an iPad avatar that looks like Grace and so forth. But this year we'll see this commercialized. So anything else in this video, Bill, that you want me to share with the audience? Um, I, I think that um, the audience might be understanding here that we're, we're getting far along on humanoid robots. And uh, there's even a lot more advanced technology outside of this humanoid kind of use case. So I think, I think no, I think that's that kind of sums it up, Chris. All right, so I do wanna get into this and let me see if I can uh, stop sharing my screen there. And so Google uh, former CEO, Eric Schmidt, now warning of national emergency if China overtakes US and AI. And I, I wanna create some context here, Bill, and then we'll have you sort of speak to this, but I want our, our audience to see this article. Now in this article, 
Uh, Eric Schmidt goes on to say, we believe this is a national emergency and a threat to our nation unless we get our act together with respect to focusing on AI in the federal government and international security. He says, hey, if these technologies are built in China, for example, they're not necessarily going to follow our privacy rules or our ethics. We've got to win this battle. And I want to bring that up because I also want to share with our audience real quick. Um, yesterday, I did a live stream of a situation happening here uh, in North Dakota, Bill, believe it or not, but China's People Liberation Army actually did a cyber attack on the great state of North Dakota. So I want to play a little bit of this uh, video for our audience just to give them some context of how I mean, you can hear in our governor's voice and our governor is very adept in tech, but you can hear in his voice like this is serious, folks. Everybody's identity security could be at stake if we don't get a, a grasp on this. So here's a little bit from uh, Governor Bergam. Now, for our audience here locally, there was nothing in the news about this. Nothing. And yet it happened not this past Tuesday, the Tuesday before. So you're talking about 10 days ago. This was released. And again, you're going to hear the, the severity of it in Governor Bergam's voice. Here we are, cities, counties, and states. We're on the front line of... Uh, international attacks, and so you should think of this, uh, that war and modern right now in 2021, war cannot be separated from cyber war, and cyber security is our defense against cyber war, so we're being attacked, uh, in this case, uh, yesterday by China, uh, we know that North Korea, Iran. Everybody, I, I hope everybody heard that clearly. Yes, Governor Bergen was essentially suggesting that, look, this is a, it's an act of war. I mean, I was shocked to hear that, Bill. And I think it ties in well with it you hear from Eric Schmidt. Just your reaction to that in the context, obviously, of our conversation with AI and where things are going between China and the U.S. Well, if governors and CEOs of big tech firms are saying that it's a priority, obviously it is, right? So AI is a tool and it's a tool that certainly could be weaponized. And in this case, seemingly it was weaponized to, to attack on North Dakota um, and, and it's a little bit of a credit to your state because you, you're doing a lot of amazing technology things there. Obviously, it's not something we want to happen. So it's important that, as we talked about with big tech earlier and marketing and AI, but as a government, we really stay at the forefront and stay at the lead of technology, which we are now holistically. In some areas, we're not. In some areas, China is ahead of us. Um, maybe because of the way that they're structured and so forth, they move faster. Uh, obviously here we're in a litigious society where you have to take the proper steps and rightfully so. So I think it's really important that we stay on top of, as the world leader in the United States in artificial intelligence, not only from a warfare perspective, but general well-being. If you look at the factors, if we're not a world leader, what happens? Talent drain. Talent starts to go where the countries and opportunities are that are taking advantage of artificial intelligence. Number two, you look at the fact that you know, basic, what we believe are basic human rights and, 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 and we're the leader in like healthcare, for example, and people come from all over the world to the United States to get their healthcare. Well, you need, you need AI to be the best surgeon to provide the best diagnosis uh, for some, a myriad of healthcare things. So whether it's healthcare or transportation or communications, we need AI for basic infrastructure. And if we fall behind, we will not be the, the have the best infrastructure in the world any longer. Additionally, and, and this controls a lot of everything else, investment money goes where AI goes and emerging tech goes. And remember, we're not, it's not just AI, it's a convergence, the usage of AI in robotics, the usage of AI in drones, in cars. The, those, that convergence is really important. The money will flow where AI is best used because it's, we didn't mention this stat earlier, but AI is bringing a, a 15 trillion 
increase to productivity, global productivity by 2030. The global food market is 8 trillion. So twice the size nearly of the global food market and productivity AI is going to bring. Where's that productivity going to go? It's going to make life easier. It's going to make economy better for the countries that take care of that. Also, you know, to some degree, big tech that is born here in the U.S. Is, is able to operate in other countries because they have the innovation advantage. If we lose the innovation advantage, then American companies will not be able to kind of pervade across the globe and to some sense give us that first line of security uh, versus other countries. And as we talked about, you know, information warfare, as your governor talked about, information warfare is the first fight, right? Everything is bits and bytes now. And even utilities are controlled to some degree by, by AI. So it's really important for all those reasons and many more that we stay the leader in technology. And artificial intelligence is one of the biggest industries that will be coming in the history of the world. So I've, it's really important we stay on top of it. So for the average Joe and Jane American watching this right now, you know, some of the things you're saying can can freak us out. Like, well, wait, wait a second, AI is going to be doing How do they ride this wave? and maybe even take advantage of it, make some money riding the way. What do you suggest? Well, I mean, first I suggest I'm not an investment advisor. So, uh, you know, take this, all, take this all with a grain of salt. But I feel like we need to get educated on AI as individuals, and it's our responsibility to do that. There, there's quite a bit, there, there's several publicly traded companies uh, that are AI focused, Palantir being one. It's a US company. It works with the US government quite a bit. It's helping to defend our country actually. And it's done pretty well. Uh, since it IPO'd just a few months ago. So staying on top of and understanding these types of investments that are that are that are US co companies, obviously for us, that's that's important. Um, as an individual, you know, embrace technology. This decade, we're probably gonna see more change than we've seen in the previous three, four decades all at once. It's the convergence wow. of technologies. It's the convergence of automated drive when automated driving uh, becomes the mainstream. And then society's going to change, right? So I feel it's all of our duty to to learn more about AI, understand AI. I'm I'm happy to be here with you on Future Friday to talk about these things and just become more aware of what is being what's happening out there in the world. Well, we we love the conversation. Again, we're going to be doing these probably every other week or so. Next time we have this conversation, Bill and I are going to be talking about NFTs, and they are smoking hot right now. So, Bill, for people out there that maybe aren't familiar with the acronym NFTs, how would you define it? non-fungible tokens. So, um, you know, we talk about I, I, one of the things that we want to continue to do here is keep it on that fifth grade, five-year-old level. Uh, even for you and I, you know, there's so many things happening all at once. So NFTs are basically the ability to tokenize and create value around art, around, you know, different types of things, non-money, non-money things that are transferred on the open market. So we're going to talk about some of those things, whether it be a sports card or a painting or a, an idea or a thought individuals are going to be able to monetize those things and companies you know like ESPN is selling these now and some of them are going you know multiple x value over what they were sold for originally just in a matter of a few weeks so it's a very hot market one of the hottest markets and I'm excited to explore that with you in a few weeks you and I were just talking I think last week or so about a, a it was a digital uh, nft that just sold for like 66 million dollars as of I think it was Sotheby's auction or it was it was some incredible number again we'll have more details when we have this conversation next time. Bill, if someone wants to reach out to you, get a hold of you, how can they do that? Now they can find me at billinman.com, I-N-M-A-N.com. And, and feel free to go there, fill out the form or send me an email and love to interact with, with your viewers. And Chris, I really appreciate the opportunity to share 
it can be scary, all these things, Chris, but let's be honest, this is the most abundant time in the history of, 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 of being human. There's more technology now, more advancements, and it, it's, it's a scary time of change politically, scary time of change technologically. It's more international now, but there is so much abundance now that for your viewers who are watching this, understanding this a little bit more can help them financially, whether it be an investment and help them, help them kind of get ahead of where this change is coming, mentally make them you know, more prepared, um, and maybe make their life even better. So it's a positive thing, Chris, and I'm excited to be doing this with you. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. So share with your family and friends. Let them know that we'll be doing this again every couple of weeks, not two Fridays from now, but we'll let you know when. And Bill Inman, thanks so much. We appreciate it again here on Future Fridays talking about emerging tech. Thank you, Chris.